0: You're listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. Amen. Thank you, Todd. Um, yeah, my name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Anthem Church, and, and I, I feel like I want to say it too Again, I applaud that. Uh, love moms. Love my mom. I called my mom this morning and my mother-in-law, so if you haven't done that, I'm doing better than you, but that's okay. <laughs> so um, you should do that. You should do that this morning. Uh, what we are going to be, be going through this morning as you come to church and you're probably the, the typical Mother's Day message that you would expect, we're going to be talking about church membership this morning um, yeah Todd laughed at that joke because I told him it already, so because I was thinking about it this morning I'm like, this is kind of funny that this is what we're going through this morning, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and look at uh, Ephesians chapter four one through sixteen that's the kind of the primary place we're looking at this morning and um, as as we We think about what what we usually do here at Anthem Church is we usually walk through a book of the Bible uh, week by week. We take chapters, and and sometimes we take more uh, chapters than others, and and, uh, we just walk through books. And what we did was a couple weeks ago, as most of you know, we we stopped going through the book of Jonah. We got to the end of the book of Jonah, and I loved our time in Jonah. And in a few weeks, we're going to be going through uh, the Psalms, the book of Psalms for the summer. And uh, in, in this in-between time, we we're trying to figure out, well, what do we do here? And so last week, we talked about what does it look like to be on mission? And, and we, we commissioned a young couple, um, Austin and Lauren, and, and they are going to be workers overseas. And so as a church, we looked at what does it look like to be on mission? What does it look like to send them out and support them with our prayers and finances? And, and what does it look like for us to be sent out, um, maybe not overseas, but maybe across the street? And And next week, we're going to be looking at baptism and communion. What does that look like? And this week, as we, as we think about what do we value as a church, one of those things is church membership. And, and even as I say that, I realize that there are probably some of you that have different things that come to mind as we think about church membership. If you're anything like me, I grew up in a very traditional church setting, and so I remember being baptized at a, at a young age. I didn't really understand what, what all that meant and what, what it meant to be baptized, but one of the things that it meant to be baptized was, was now I was a church member, and I remember as a kid, uh, I, the, the pastor brought out this big book. At the time it seemed like it was huge, like "The Lamb's Book of Life" or something. you know It's like this, this book was, seemed huge. And, and I got to write my name in this big book. And from that point on, nothing really changed. <laughs> From that point, the thing that did change, I mean, we, we were a family, we were always in church. My dad was on every council or every, just everything, and so there were meetings all the time, and we had week-long revivals and all that good stuff, and so I was always in church. The thing that changed now that I was a member was now uh, instead of like just messing around out in the foyer during those meetings, now I had to sit in those meetings because I was a member of the church, you know? And if I was, if I was like, I don't want to go to this meeting tonight. I want to stay home and watch America's Funniest Home Videos, because that's what was on Sunday nights when I was growing up. I I just want to stay home. It's like, no, you're a church member now. That means something. I I got to the point where I'm like, I just want to find that book and burn it. Like, I don't want to, if, if that's what membership means, I don't want to sit in more meetings and talk about things that don't matter. And maybe that's, Maybe that's your past experience. For some of you who didn't grow up in the church, when I say membership, you have visions of like gym memberships. Maybe you have a gym member. I don't have a gym membership. Maybe you have a gym membership or 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 a membership to Costco where where or Sam's Club. We don't have Costco here yet. Iowa, there's Costco's, it's a beautiful thing, uh, but, but for you, maybe it's like, oh, membership means I pay a little bit, and then I get to go on Thursdays to eat free samples, that's what membership means, or, or I get to go to the gym, and even though I don't have a gym membership, if I did, confession time, if I did have a gym membership, I think it would be to Planet Fitness, not that I get any money from Planet Fitness, I'm not endorsing them, but I love their logo, right, they're, they're like motto, do you guys know what it is? Huh? You don't know what it is. I heard some of you. who judgment. No judgment. Judgment-free zone, right? If I'm going to go and pay money, then, hey, that's awesome that the gym that I would be a part of throws pizza parties every now and then. <laughs> like, that's, that's my place. Like, I don't want to go to a place, pay money, and have people looking at me and being like, oh, you're not lifting those weights right. It's like, look, I'm here for the pizza and the tanning <laughs> bed, right? <laughs> that's my idea of a gym membership. And if, see, because in that understanding, in this contractual agreement, if I pay, then I get something. And if, if I don't hold up my end of the bargain, then I don't get to come in anymore. And if they don't hold up their end of the bargain, well, I'm going to go find someplace that's a more judgment free zone right and and that's kind of the idea of membership but what i want to do this morning is i want to talk about what, is, what does membership mean what do we see in the bible and what do we what do we mean from that as a church because here's here's kind of the definition we were we were thinking through this this past week as as uh, leaders of Anthem Church we were saying what does it mean for for our members and here's here's kind of the working definition that we're that we're working off of a member of Anthem Church is committed in covenant to the lordship of Jesus Christ The authority of the local elders, the vision of helping people know, love, and obey Jesus, the mission of making disciples who make disciples through the contribution of their time, talents, and treasures to the local church. Now, that's a mouthful, right? There's a a lot in that. But see, what we, what we want to do is we want to look at what does it, what does it mean to when we say membership? It means that we are, we are disciples of Jesus coming together on mission with one another. And, and the, the question as we think about those things, it's like, okay, great, great that you're telling me what membership is, but I don't even know if I believe the why of membership. And I think there's a couple things in our culture that begs the question, well, why membership? Don't define it for me if, if I don't believe that it's even a necessity, the why behind it. I think, I think one of the things that begs the question of the why is our connectivity in our culture today. The fact that, that you and I can sit under really solid teaching every single day of the week if we want to, right? You turn on the The radio station you can. I mean, if you're like me, I have a list of podcasts I listen to. I can I can hear uh, David Jeremiah. I can hear John Piper. I can hear all these different people anytime I want to. And even people that are dead, like I can sit under their preaching today. Or and and apart from that, on the other side of that, I can I can sit under really really good worship music anytime I want to, like awesome worship bands, like not as good as Nick Serene, right? Not as good as him, but, but pretty good. I can sit under really good worship music anytime I want to. So the idea, like for, for some of you, maybe you're, you're in here, you're like, hey, I'm just doing good to be at church this morning. I don't even know the why of that. But now you're telling me I need to take another step and be a member of the church. That seems maybe outdated. I think the other thing that begs the question is is the fact that we live in a culture that is very, very, very uh, that holds holds the I- idea of the individual or or uh, personal autonomy very highly. We we love the idea of of self actualization, which is which is kind of trying to figure out how do you be the best you you can be? How do you how do you rise to to be fully you? And and there's a lot of beautiful things about being in a culture like our culture. There's a lot of beautiful things about about really upholding the idea of the individual. One of those things is the fact that we believe each person has value. They're made in the image of God, no matter what color you are, no matter what what, uh, creed, no matter what what ethnic or uh, ecological or some other big word that you might be. As individuals, we have value. And when we see that value being, being downtrodden or people being oppressed, we want to respond correctly as a body, as a, as a culture. But the flip side of that, kind of the dark side of that, uh, possibly you might say, is that we hold this idea of self-actualization as kind of like a God in our culture. It's a, thing that, it's a thing that we decide what we're going to be about. It's a thing that we decide, like, the, the idea of self, the idea of me, the idea of me being all that I can be determines what, what job I'm going to have and where my, my uh, career is going to take me, even, even in our culture to the point of what my sexuality is going to be. You can't tell me who I'm going to be because I am my own God. It's about the individual. And if you're telling me I have to be a member of a church, that I have to be connected to a body in this covenant agreement, what if that that hinders that? What if me being a part of this body hinders me being all that I can be? Why then? See, what I want to do this morning is I want to show you two things. I want to show you that church membership is biblical. Okay, that's the first thing. I want to look at the fact that church membership is biblical, but not only that. I want, to, I want to show you that it is beneficial for the believer to be a member of the local church. Even, even in light of, of these things that we talked about, that's, that's what I want to look at. So, so if, you're, if you're with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, let's, let's read that together. Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 1, and if you don't have a Bible, I would, I would encourage you. We have Bibles out of Info Central, so if you don't have a Bible, make sure you grab one. We want to get Bibles in people's hands. So uh, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead to verse 11. Verse 11. It says so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge Join and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you again that uh, for the the women um, who are a part of this body and who are with us today, we we honor them and we love them today. And and God, I pray that you would just give us ears to hear what you would have for us as we as we look at this idea of membership and what you would have for us through that. And um, God, give me clarity as I as I present your word this morning it's in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, first of all, uh, the first question is Is this biblical, this idea of church membership? I, w- I want you to look at the at this verse, this passage that we just read. Um, starting verse one, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Paul's saying, Look, I'm in prison. He's riding to a church in the city of Ephesus, and he's saying, I urge you. Live a life worthy of the calling you've received, this calling out of sin, out of darkness, out of death, into life through Jesus Christ, which is the gospel. The fact that Jesus died for each and every one of us so we can have relationship with God. He's saying, if that's you, I urge you live a life worthy of that. Live a life that makes sense, that comes in line with what you believe. And then right after that, he says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Did you catch that? He's saying live in accordance with what you believe. And the next line, he's saying, he's saying be patient, bearing with one another in love. You see... What I see here throughout Scripture is that our calling by God is meant to be lived out in community with others. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink. You See, we, we see, I think I cut that off, drink of one spirit, I think it says after that. Uh, what we see in this is that we are saved out of death, out of sin, but into life, into community. Again, this calling that, that we're called to through God is meant to be lived out in community. And more specifically, in a body, in, in this context of the local church. We see this not only in these places where he's talking about the body and what we're, what we're saved from and into, but throughout the, 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 the New Testament. We see the audience that the New Testament was written to suggests connection. It suggests this idea of, of commitment to one another. All throughout, as, as I said, this verse we're, we're reading right here, it comes from, from uh, this book written to a church in Ephesus. First and Second Corinthians is written to a church in Corinth. Over and over, Philippians, over and over, we see the New Testament is written to people in community, in churches, who are trying to live out this, this, this calling that they've received in community. The context of the New Testament is this. It's local churches meeting together. Not only that, but we see throughout the New Testament... Fifty-nine times throughout the New Testament, we see over and over and over these one- another commandments. We just read about one in First Corinthians 12. Let me read just a few more. Romans 12:10 says, "Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor." Galatians 6 verse two says, "Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ." James 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Over and over and over again, 59 times throughout the New Testament, the idea is that we would have people that we are one anothering with. Do you see that? It's, this isn't, our, our Christianity is not meant to be lived out in a vacuum. You may say well but I can get all I need just from my living room on my computer listening to these different guys listening to this worship music that was not in the intent of the New Testament for you to live out your Christianity in a vacuum. We're not saved by our church attendance. We're saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, but that calling, that gospel was meant to be lived out in community and we're going to talk a little more about this, but what people will say oftentimes will say but but the thief on the cross he didn't go to church he he didn't it's like it's like everybody like whether it's baptism or what people are like but the thief on the cross he didn't get baptized the thief on the cross he didn't he didn't go to church what about that it's like well he had a very specific situation he was dealing with right <laughs> he had he had three really compelling things to keep him from church the nails, like the hands, you, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like if, 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 he, if he wasn't nailed to a cross, my guess is that he would have lived out his life through this calling that he had received in community. My guess is if he wasn't nailed to a cross, he would have been baptized, right? And, 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 and even us saying, yeah, but the thief on the cross. So what you're saying is you would rather die on a cross than be in community with other people. That seems like it's not, a, like that's not great, Right. And so over and over and over again, what we see throughout Scripture is the reality that we are to live out our Christianity with each other in community, one another in each other. Uh, Now, let me let me walk forward into that. We're going to we're going to kind of break this down because because I'm not going to be able to cover everything. This morning. So there there are a lot of different verses where this idea of is it biblical? There's a lot of different places you can go. And if you have questions, please ask me about those. Let me let me clarify anything that that I might be saying up here. Don't don't just be like, Well, I didn't agree, you know, or be like, Oh, that was you know, whatever, just like talk to me, okay? Because we want to live this out in community. So, so it is biblical, though, as we look at these different things, as we look at what we're called to, being a part of a local church, being a member of a local church is biblical. But, okay, so, so what next? If it's biblical, then maybe it means more to us than just a gym membership. Maybe it should be more to us than just writing our name in a big book. And being at a couple more meetings. Maybe it should be more than that. And I believe it is. I believe that it is beneficial for the believer in three ways. The first one, I believe it's beneficial for the believer to be matured. It's beneficial for the believer to be protected. And it's beneficial for the believer to live on mission. Okay, the first one, it's, it's beneficial for the believer to be matured in, in that, the, the passage that we just read, and starting in verse 11, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See Paul gives us another illustration to think about this idea of membership and it's not it's not just planet fitness okay it's not it's not paying your dues it's not this contractual agreement what it is it's this it's being a member of the body is like my arm being a member of the body of Luke right and the reason I think this is important is because a healthy body has all its parts. And I love the illustration that Paul gives us. I don't know about you, but when, when my kids were born, it's just like, I, I remember just kind of taking inventory. And being like, okay, two arms, two legs, looks like ten fingers, ten toes, good eyes, ears, okay, covered in gook, that's okay. That'll get washed off. But, but the, the members were all there, Right? And see, I, I think that as we, as we look through this, and, and Paul describes this further in First Corinthians twelve fourteen through 19, I think I have it up on the screen. It says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. He's saying, look, there's, there's all different kinds, there's all different parts, but when they come together, it makes a beautiful thing, and a healthy body has all its parts. Right? And there's two things I really want you to understand as we think about this. When, again, when the body comes together, it is not complete unless it has all its parts. Some parts, Paul says, they might be out in the open, right? Like your hands, they're, they're, everybody sees them. They're, they're out in the open, like, like me and Todd and Stan and Nick. And there's, there's different parts of the body that's more visible than other parts of the body. But, but Paul says, hey, there's other parts of the body that are, that are not going to be as visible that are going to be covered up, but they're still, they're still working, they're still doing their, their jobs. You see, the idea is some parts, that they may be more open, out in the open than others. Some parts are smaller, some are bigger, some are more wrinkly, right? Some are, you know, some, so there, there's just all these different parts, and there's some parts you don't even think about until they stop doing their job. Like, how many times have you just been like, oh, God, please let my pancreas work today, before I, had, before I had a daughter that has medical things and we had to think about the pancreas, I'm like, I don't know what a pancreas is or what it does or what it looks like or, or anything else. But I praise God that my pancreas works. See, a body coming together needs all its parts. But the other part of that is that I want you to understand that a body part isn't meant to exist apart from the body. Do you hear that? It's going to be a really warm day today, right? And so if you go out to Stevens Lake and you're running through the splash pad and then you go jump in that beautifully murky water, right, and, and you see a human ear float by, <laughs> right, that's not good, right? There's, there's something bad that happened there to have that be the case. A body part is not meant to exist apart from the body. On the other side, this morning, I didn't freak out when I saw Josh has both of his ears on his head like that makes sense that's where they're meant to be that's that's the the place you see the in the same way that it is unhealthy for a body to be missing its parts it's just as unhealthy for a part to be missing its body now how does this wholeness this idea of wholeness facilitate maturity I believe that when we come together as the body, when we come together as different parts, and as we come together with with different backgrounds and different gifts and all these different things, there are people that are not like me sitting in this room. Praise God for that. Right? Even I was thinking about like Stan and I being on staff together. Stan is very different from me. Praise God for that. Like I'm more, I'm more like theoretical. I'm more like Head in the clouds, skipping through the daisies sometimes, and, and Stan's like, hey, that's great if you want to do that, but, but if we're, if we're going to do that, then this, and how is this going to work, and let's think back from that, and let's ask questions, and it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I do need to do some more planning, and I praise God for that. Right? There there are some of you with, with mercy gifts, and there's some of you with more detail, or and there's some of you in different things. And what we need to be a healthy body is we need all those gifts coming together, working as one body under the headship of Christ. So so no matter where you're at in this, I believe that as believers, as people under Christ, you have a place in the body. Amen? Okay, some of you believe that. Let's let's keep working. All right. So the second thing that we see as as the benefits of a body, it's it's to be protected. The benefits of a believer to be a member of a local church, a member, not just plan of fitness, but a, a member of the body is to be protected. Verse 13 through 14 says, until we all reach unity in the faith and then the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. See, I love the imagery here that Paul uses again. He, not only he's talking about the body again, and then he's talking about waves and wind and, and all these different things. And the reality is, is, as he says, the body comes together. When the body comes together to do what God has intended the body to do, he says, we get to grow up. We get to be unified in Christ. We get to, we get to grow up, and we're not infants anymore. The, the, like, the word picture there is just thinking about, like, if, if you take your kids to the beach. I don't know if you've ever done this, but taking your kids to the beach and, and letting them run around, sometimes those rogue waves will come up and just, boom, just take them out. And it's super funny when it happens, but it's not really beneficial to the child, right? And so what we, what we see that Paul is saying is he's saying when you come together as a body, man, you're, your legs are firm and you're solid and you, like, everything's working and you're, you're, you're not going to be tossed around by those things. Why? Because you have, you have parts working together. You have people looking into you who, who know you and who are known by you. And they know your weaknesses and they know when, what wind and what wave is going to, to try and take you out. They say, hey, let's 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 work through this together. Let's let's come together. We're not just gonna chop you off. We're gonna we're gonna grow up together in love and in unity. Now, I, I remember one of those times my, my wife and I we were out at the beach and and uh, we were she was playing out in the waves and, and I was she was looking at me and I was standing by the 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 shore and all of a sudden one of those big waves comes up and starts to come up behind her and it, it happened kind of slow motion you know one of those moments and all of a sudden it just hit her from behind took her out and it, that wasn't a good example of being a good husband or, or honoring her well but again it was super funny and and I think that that as I was thinking about this passage see what we need to do together as the body when we come together We mature each other. We grow each other. We protect each other because, again, we are different parts working together to be unified. And we know where we need help and other people know where we need help. And not only that, but we have leaders who are looking out for us, who have the responsibility for us. In Hebrews thirteen seventeen, it says, Obey your leaders, or that, that word could also be honor. Uh, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. See, so here at Anthem Church, we are elder-led. We have, we have men who are, who are taking responsibility for the flock that has been placed under them, uh, we, have, we have others who are, who are aspiring to be elders. And this idea of, of keeping watch over the souls of our flock, this is not something that the elders of our church take lightly. This is a big thing. This is a weighty thing. It's something that when, when the elders stand before God, the elders of this church stand before God and God is going to ask them to give an account, they're gonna to have to say what they did and how they loved and how they led the people of Anthem Church. That's a, that is a weighty thing. That is heavy. And our elders, praise God, take that. They, they don't take that lightly. And, and as, as, a, as a leader, as someone who aspires to be an elder, I remember, I remember pastoring my church in Iowa uh, a long time ago, and, and there was this, this woman that, that we, she was really good friends of ours, and, and uh, she was teaching Sunday school and different things, and, and I, I found out, though, that she was in this, uh, she started this relationship with this, this uh, man that he wasn't a believer, and very quickly, she moved in with him, and very quickly, they began to, to, to act like a married couple when they're not married, and, and I, I took her aside, and I said, hey, like, What are you doing? This is not, this is not right. This is you're living in sin. And and I hate conflict. Like I am conflict averse. But you see, the reality is she was part of my flock. And in that moment, I couldn't just say, you know what? Whatever makes her happy. You know what? Hey, if that works for her, that's great. No, in that moment I had to realize that. The Bible is very clear that what she's doing, what they are doing, they're living in sin. And in that moment, as her, as her shepherd, as her elder, I had to be more concerned about her holiness than her happiness. And what happened after that was she began to call me some really colorful things. She began to tell me that I was judgmental, that I was, you know, this and that. And she left the church. And that was not an easy thing. I did not want her to leave the church. But praise God, since then, she has come back to the church. She's, she's left that relationship. She's, she's seen that, hey, that path I was on, that's not where I wanted to be. It's not where God wanted me to be. But the reality is, is this idea of, of having people over you, it's a two-way street. Because in that passage that we just read, it says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. See, as as congregants, as people who are a part of, of Anthem Church, as people who are members of Anthem Church, what, what the, the author of Hebrews is saying is he's saying, hey, be someone who is who is all in and who is able to be led well. Not not someone where, where if you come up to your leaders, they're like, ugh. <laughs> this is not with groaning. I mean, what do you think that means? Right? Where you see you coming, it's like, ugh, I gotta talk to this person. Right? No, but it's, he says, no, don't let them do that, but, but be led well and, because that's of no advantage to you. I think lots of times we look at church membership and we say, well, I didn't get fed there. And uh, there's a difference between, I think, not being fed, which happens at times, but there's a difference between not being fed and going on a hunger strike, right? Where, where we, we hold people at arm's length and, and we, we, we keep ourselves outside, See, that, that doesn't lead to maturity, and it doesn't lead to your protection. If you are, if you are keeping the, your leaders in your community at an arm's length, I, I love Matt Chandler says it this way, when church is just a place you, for you to attend without ever joining, like an ecclesiological buffet, that's a big word for church buffet, you just might consider whether you're always leaving whenever your heart begins to expose, uh, be exposed by the Spirit and the real work is beginning to happen. See, when we commit together and when we come together as the body, God is able to do amazing things in and through us. That's, that's the last thing. It is beneficial for, for us as believers to be a, part, a member of the local church because we are on mission together. We're to be on mission in verse, verses 15 and 16. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work, we, were, we are able to function and do what the church is meant to do. Now, what is that? What's, what's the church meant to do? Paul, Paul describes it this way in Ephesians 2, verse 19. It says, "...so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord." In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, Paul tells the church in Ephesus, the body in Ephesus, the household of God in Ephesus, he says, you, this is what you are striving to be. As members of this body, you are striving to be built together into a holy temple of the Lord. The holy temple of the Lord, you might be thinking, what does that even mean? See, when we look in the Old Testament, first the tabernacle, which then became the holy temple, this, according to Genesis 25 or Exodus 25, this was the place where God's glory dwelt among his people. This was the place, this was the place where, where all people... Not only, not only Israelites, not only Jewish people, but all people could come together and experience the forgiveness of God and the fellowship of God through the forgiveness of sins. And they would, they would be able to fellowship with one another and experience God. And what Paul says here is he says, you as members of the church, as the body coming together, that is you now. Isn't that crazy? I can tell that you're just, you're trying to, to, to just cope with what I just said. You're just stunned this morning, right? It's, it's crazy that we are that holy temple. We are that picture. We are the place, the body. We are the place where God wants to reveal himself to people around us, where God wants to reveal himself to the nations. See, it's, church membership is important because the, the mission that we are on is important, right? See, church membership, when we come together, when we come together as all different parts, as all different aspects, all different ages, some of you might be thinking, well, I'm too young. This doesn't really apply to me. No, it does. Absolutely. Or you, I, I've talked to some people where it's like, well, I'm too old. I'm kind of on my way out. No, you're not. If you're still breathing, you're still part of the body, let me say that again. If you're still breathing, you're still part of a body, you have a mission, you have, you have a place, you have a voice, you have a gift, and we desperately need those things. You may be saying, well, I'm not up front, I can't do it this way, or I can't do that. Guys, your specific body part, we'll, we'll figure that out, but the, the reality is, is we want to come together because we're on mission for God. I believe that even as we talked last week about what does it mean to be on mission Across the street and across the world, I believe that God is going to do that through the local church, through the body, through members coming together. So here's, here's the question. What will you do with what you've heard? Because I, I believe that there are some of you sitting in here, you, 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 may, have, you may have done this before. You, maybe you have been a part of bodies before and you've been under church leadership before where it's like, yeah, they, it, that didn't go well for me. Maybe they wanted to, that, that church leadership, they wanted to build their own little kingdom or, or there were parts of the, the other bodies that you, were, that you were with where it's like, yeah, they got mad at me because I sat in their seat on Sunday morning or, or, or whatever it was. And, and guys, I apologize for, for areas where you've seen this um, work out wrong. And, and I guess I would say, too, that if you stick around here long enough, you'll see that I am not perfect. Stan's not perfect. Todd's not perfect. We are not perfect people. But we are people who desperately want to be on mission for God. We are people who want, we want you to come together and be a part. So, so the question is, what, what will you do? Some of you, some of you, maybe you've been in a holding pattern for a long time you're like, yeah, I, I know I should be more involved. I know I should take this step of, of membership. I know I should. I, I know I should. And if that's you, in just a few weeks, we're going to have uh, intro to Anthem again. And that's, that's kind of the next step for us is it's asking those questions of what, what does your church believe? What, how, does your, how does your leadership work? How do, how do these things work? And if, if you've been that person in a holding pattern, I would encourage you sign up for Intro to Anthem and start asking those questions in the context where we can answer them together as community. And for you, maybe you've been sitting there and you don't know what to do with this. You don't know if you want to jump in yet. You don't, you don't know. I, I believe that this should be a decision that's, that's not taken lightly. But for some of you, maybe you won't end up as a, as a member of this body. And, and I love our church. I love our church. But even, even more than that, I would say if you're in a place where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to wind up as a member of this body, I would say have conversations with people in your community, have conversations with us as leadership. And if you don't wind up in this body, please wind up in some body. A body of believers who loves the Bible, who who wants to see Jesus proclaimed. Guys, it is not good for parts of the body to be separated from the body. And it's not good for the body to have parts that are separated from it as well. We want to see you. This is biblical one anothering people requires people to one another with. And, and we want to see you matured. We want to see you protected. We want to see you on mission. And that's what we want to be as a church, as a body. So I'm gonna pray over us. And I don't know what your action step is this morning, but I want I would encourage you to have conversations. And if if you're sitting there and you're like, I've taken the step of membership, I'm I'm a part. Okay, let's go, right? Let's be on mission. Let's continue to walk forward in this. Let's continue to proclaim the goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this place. God, we, we praise you for your goodness and your mercy. I praise you, God, that, that we are, um, that you have gifted each and every one of us in different ways and in and, and different things, God. Some of you, some of us, you have given gifts of service. Some of you have given us uh, some of, you have given some of us gifts that maybe are more visible than others, but God, you have, you have gifted each and every one of us because you want us to be on mission for you. You don't want us just to be, to be an ear floating around somewhere, but you want us to be in a place where we can be truly used and, and, and truly about the thing that you would have us be about, God. And God, I pray that as, as Anthem Church, as this church, God, you would help us to be built together in unity under, under one hope, one faith, one baptism, one Lord. And God, you would help us as, as parts coming together, as, as, as people who are not perfect, but people who, are, who serve a perfect God. Help us to be people who proclaim your goodness, your mercy as a holy temple in this darkened world. We love you, God. We praise you, and it's in your name. Amen.